Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, this is Business of Design. I'm your host, Kimberly Selden, and I'm so glad you're here. We are going to eat our vegetables today. Yeah, that's exactly what I call it when it's time to focus on a topic that's not quite as much fun as how to decorate or how to stage your home or one of those kinds of uh, topics that are so easy to listen to. We are going to be wrapping up a conversation we started with Craig Cody back in episode 80. He is the police officer turned tax consultant, and he sounds every bit the police officer, I must say. Um, And we are going to complete the list of 10 biggest tax planning mistakes that cost business owners like you and me thousands of dollars. We did the first five in episode 80. We are going to do the next five in episode 83. I mentioned during the conversation with Craig that I had a financial team prepare an overview of my financial health sometime back. My husband and I did this together. We are actually repeating the experience now. And uh, what it did is it looked at all of our income, it looked at all of our expenses, and then it looked at our assets, and it calculated how much money we need to save if we want to live to the ripe old age of 92, I think is what it was. And it was an extremely helpful exercise. Uh, For instance, I was stunned. I mean, literally just, I cannot believe how much we spend on food and entertainment. Uh, I'm not sure I want to change any of that. But if I were shy on my financial goals, that would be the first change I would make for sure. It also gave me the chance to consider what property I might sell and when I might sell it. Plus, we looked at a couple of ways to use our existing properties to generate income, which is something we might want to do down the line. Who knows? The biggest benefit, I think, though, is, um, and I hope it's okay that I say this. Uh, I'm a little reluctant to say it because I'm afraid that if I were in front of a live audience, someone might throw a shoe at me. But what I want to say is the biggest benefit for me was knowing that I can retire today if I want to. I don't want to. I don't I don't want to at all. Um, however, that was something that I started to think about as I crossed that line into my 50s. When when do you retire? How do you retire? What how does that work? How do you have enough money? What how am I going to be when I've spent my whole life trying to get my bank account to be bigger? How am I going to feel when it's going down instead of being replenished and going up the other way? So it was a, it was a really important and momentous uh, occasion for me to learn that I had reached my financial goals. And the other thing I want to say about that is in the last 15 years, it's made all the difference. My husband's company has been a pretty straight line and they've been successful and it's great. My business, on the other hand, just catapulted into another uh, realm of possibility over the last 15 years um, to the point that there are years where I earn more money than my husband, which uh, I I just never dreamed that 
that would be possible. Literally never dreamed that would be possible. My husband's got a big company with multiple staff and it's a real company. Forgive me for saying that, but that's how I used to think about my business. It was just a little, you know, a little design shop you know, something, you know, not really that important, just something I did because I love it so much and I love helping people and all of that kind of stuff. So for me to be able to say now, yes, I think it's really important that I earn a living, that I earn a substantial living. And I think it's awesome that from time to time, my salary outstrips my husband's salary. I coach a lot of talented, hardworking, dedicated professionals who are just not making enough money. And in some cases, the spouse is giving them the gears because they work full time and yet they're not contributing a sum of money at the end of the year that represents how much time they spend on their business. And if you're anything like me, you will tell yourself all manner of lies to keep going just like that. Well, I'm just building sweat equity. That's what I told myself for a long time. And one day I looked up up and I was 40 and I'm like, well, you know, hey, wait, whoa, at what point do you stop building sweat equity when you've been doing it for a while, right? So I say that, that uh, it's a really nice thing to be able to be in a position where I could retire today, but I don't have to. And if you have had your head in the sand, I get it. I felt like I had mine in the sand for a long, long time. I strongly advise you to face it head on. And one of the things that might be helpful is to go online and find a retirement savings calculator wherever you live. We have members in more than 50 countries now. So wherever you live, I'm sure there's something like that, a retirement savings calculator. It will ask you for your income. It will ask you for your expenses. It will ask you for uh, what benefits you might be receiving in the future if you're going to inherit something. And then it will calculate how much you need to save each month in order to reach the retirement goal, whatever that goal is, and it will help you figure that out as well. So I strongly, strongly encourage you to do that. I encourage you to do that if you are 25 years old, by the way, um, because you have a huge advantage over those of us who got started later. What you need to save now is relatively small compared to what we'll have to save if you're in your 40s or 50s and you're listening to this. I would also encourage you to do this if you're 50, if you're 55, if you're 65, I would encourage you to go and face these numbers and see what you're up against and begin to plan because it is possible to set yourself up for success. And I do think the information you get in that exercise will motivate you to implement what we teach at Business of Design. What we teach works and it will make you more profitable And you have to want it because it's going to take a little effort. It's like going to the gym, although I think personally the payoff is much faster and uh, the effort is not quite as difficult. So I'm I'm a big fan, obviously, of business of design. I've got a lot invested in you loving being here for sure. There's no doubt about it. For those of you who didn't meet Craig last time, he is a certified tax coach, a CPA business owner, and former New York City police officer with 17 years on the force. In addition to being a CPA for the last 15 years, um, he is a certified tax coach, and that means he belongs to a group of tax practitioners throughout North America who undergo extensive training and continued education on various tax planning techniques and strategies to become and remain certified. So with the organization, Craig co-authored a bestseller, 
Secrets of a Tax-Free Life, and his second book, 10 Biggest Tax Planning Mistakes That Cost Business Owners Thousands. His, that's his second book. He's going to give that to us for free. And of course, in exchange, you are going to go to Craig's website, Craig Cody and Company. Information about this, by the way, is on the show notes, forward slash business of design. And you can download a copy of that free book as well. Wherever you are on your journey, if you're far, far ahead of me and you retired ages ago and you're living in the Cayman Islands and you're sipping a pina colada and you just like to listen in as a way to reminisce, great. If you're just starting out and you're barely making your mortgage each month, that's okay too. Wherever you are on the path, just know you're not alone and there is a way to reach your financial goals. And there is a way to own the company that you've always dreamed of owning. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate business challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses plus Kimberly Selden as your mentor and guide. Unlike traditional coaching, which can take years to produce tangible results, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $67.50. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Well, I, for one had a fabulous time in Palm Springs. Me too. That was amazing and such a great group. Can we just rest on our laurels just a little longer? <laughs> I, like, I like that idea. Just sit by the pool and chill yeah. out. No, we're busy, busy. What's going on with us? Yeah, well, we actually, uh, it'll be nice to keep in touch with the, uh, with the Palm Springs group because this year we're doing three coaching calls dedicated for that group to follow up on all the initiatives, all the goals that they've set. So that'll be great. But uh, for the rest of our members this week, October 24th, um, we have our group coaching call. So if you haven't already submitted questions or haven't registered, um, make sure you head over to the website and get signed up. If you're not able to attend, make sure you email me your questions in advance. I'll make sure they get um, answered for you. And you're headed to Texas Can't for the next wait. few days. Finally, finally. Yay. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we had such a high demand for this. We've been, I know we've been promoting this one for a while, but we just, we really had a dedicated group in Texas wanting to bring you out. So Austin, Houston, and Dallas on the 25th and 26th. Um, if you're, uh, it is a free event, but make sure you're registered if you're planning to attend. Okay. And everybody, if you're not in Texas, then let's figure out where you are and we'll go there next. Does that sound good, Cheryl? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Email me. I'll start a list. Awesome. Love it. Have a great week. You too. And now back to the show. Remember, this is the second part of the conversation with Craig. So we are starting with number six and all roads lead back to number one, which is planning, planning, planning. Number six, I think we're six. at. How about choosing, choosing the wrong retirement plan? Okay. Um, you know, we all, we all, we all hope to retire 
one day. It's either retire or die. And I think we'd all rather retire. <laughs> so, you know, we need to be putting something away and, you know, something is anything, you know, a dollar is better than nothing. So choosing the, the retirement plan that is best for what you're doing and going to give you the biggest, you know, what I call bang for your dollar is the best way to go. And what I mean by that is you can have a solo 401k that as long as you take $21,000 or approximately $21,000 in salary, you could put away $18,000 into your 401k. Whereas if you had a SEP and you made, you know, $80,000, you might only be able to put away $16,000. So you have to look and figure out, okay, what plan is going to allow me to put the most money away based on the amount of money that I'm making and my salary. And ideally, you're saving more than just what you're contributing to that annually, right? Is there some kind of target we should all be thinking about? Well, I mean, this you, you can look at, okay, how many years do I have to retirement? How much do I need to put away every year? You know, obviously, the younger you start, the better off you are. But, you know, face it, sometimes life gets in the way and we are not on track to where we want to be. So something is always better than nothing. We had a great experience uh, working with a financial planner that we work with um, that went through all of our expenses, everything we owned, all of our assets, and actually came up with a number uh, by when we had to die <laughs> if we if we didn't put away any more money or uh, what the date at which we would run out of funds, I guess is a nicer way to put it. But it was such a constructive, helpful meeting, and it, it really is a worthwhile thing, and it was not expensive. So it might be worth um, finding out who can help you do something like that. Yes. That puts things in perspective. It does. It actually really, really does. Which which brings me to, you know, the more money we're saving and we're not going to give to the government, the more money we have to put away towards retirement plans. Right. Because remember, it's cash. We need that cash. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And it's already, I mean, even we're at number six or so, and you, I, you just can't do this without great advice. Correct. Correct. And, and like I said, um, my, my big theme is communication, communication, talk with your professional. Well, because the rules change every year or so, right? I mean, they go, they go all over the place. One year you're compliant and the next year it isn't. So we can't be expected to know that, but you can. Right. The rules change. They don't change typically that greatly. I mean, you know, this new tax change, which we call the Full uh, Employment Accountants Act, um, doesn't happen quite that often. But yes, you you should know what's going on and you should have somebody that this is what they do um, on a regular basis that's going to help you, give you that guidance. Okay, good. Yay. I think I think these are these getting easier or is it just my imagination? Oh, there, yeah. These are these are. They, they, there's nothing here that's rocket science. Okay, <laughs> nothing here that's rocket science. You just need to make sure you're communicating with your professional, and you know they should be coming to you with ideas to save you taxes. Uh, yeah. Okay. Good. I like I like the sound of that. Okay. Yeah. What's yeah. next? Um, so we'll talk about how about missing family employment. Are you hiring your family? Um, if you have a spouse, are they working? Can you hire them? And maybe then they can put more money into their 401k plan. Are you hiring your kids? You know, tax court says you could hire your kids as young as seven. I like to tell people, wait till they're about 11, document it. They need to get paid. You need to pay them the way you pay everybody else, and that money should go into their own account. Uh, under the new tax code, they could actually make up to $12,000 a year and pay no taxes. 
Um, not everybody can pay their kids $12,000 a year, but it's a way I, in my first book, which was an Amazon bestseller, I co-authored, uh, secrets of a tax-free life. I, my chapter was, you know, make your child's cleats tax deductible. So if your kids are going to camp, if they're going to athletic camp, and if they go into private schools and they work for you and you pay them and then that money goes into their account and then the school, the camp drafts their account for tuition, you've actually made that tuition tax deductible. That is genius. And if you do it the right way and you have the right type of entity, you might even not have to pay uh, Social Security and Medicare tax on that money. Wow. I wish we had had this conversation ooh, 26 years ago. That would have been super helpful for me. <laughs> um, but how many people listening, I wonder, have their spouses doing unpaid labor on a regular basis? And you're saying, don't, don't do that. Put them on the payroll. Well, well you, you need to have that discussion. It depends on what they're doing. All right. It really comes into play when... Um, they could put, you could take that money and put it into a 401k plan. So now instead of just being able to deduct 18 or 18.5 that year, you could do $37,000. So that's really where hiring, you know, your spouse comes in or hiring your kids is you can make things that they're, um, that you're currently paying for. You can make them deductible expenses because you deduct the salary you pay your child and then they pay their tuition. That's incredible. I now have a situation where I am paying a grown, one of my grown children to perform a function in my company and it's working out really well. He actually does a really good job doing this particular task and it was my accountant who brought the idea to my attention and I thought it was just so smart because he was going to do it for me anyway, you know, because I'm his mom and he's nice and now he gets a little bit of money on the side for doing it, which is great. Correct. Yes. Yep. Yep. You know, the, the only downside is if you if you're paying FICA tax, you know, um, it might not be as efficient as you want it to be. But you know, he's making some money. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a win for everybody. And you know, the truth is, most of us when we hire someone, we we do want to pay them. Nobody feels. We had a big conversation a couple of weeks ago at the office about interns and unpaid internships. And our philosophy is, if somebody's performing actual work, they should be paid something. So um, I think we all feel better about that. Yeah, agreed. And that's a big thing in a lot of states, having interns and not paying them. Yeah, it's coming Unless to a head. It's like, coming to a head. Yeah. yeah, in Canada as well. I know my daughter had three different unpaid internships, and uh, her mom and dad finally said no. No more. I don't care if you work at Starbucks. No more unpaid internships. Like that's just not going to happen. So um, right. it, it turned out because they can be super helpful, right? If you don't understand the industry, so there's a there's a positive side to them for sure. But as a business owner, there's something to be said for that feeling of being able to provide for someone else's well-being. You know, like when I remember the first time one of my employees had a baby, I was like, wow, you know, I'm actually contributing to that family. I've got a stake in that family's well-being now that I'm paying that person, right? So it's, it feels good. Correct. It feels good. Yep. Okay, cool. Where are we at? Which number are we on? So I think we're on number eight, which would be how about missing medical benefits? Um, you know, depending on how your entity is set up, maybe you could just set up a medical expense reimbursement plan, which is, you know, different than a flexible spending account, different, different than a health savings account. Um, you know, we all get to deduct um, our out-of-pocket medical costs, but 
just because we deducted, it doesn't mean that we actually get any benefit from the deduction. And most people are not getting any benefit from any out-of-pocket medical expenses um, because there's a threshold you have to meet. Whereas if you have the right type of entity set up, you could set up a medical expense reimbursement plan under Section 105, and you could write off dollar for dollar. So if the kids need braces and it's going to be five, six, seven thousand dollars that you normally would not to get to write off. Now you could actually write off. So what does it actually cost you? That six thousand dollars might only really cost you four thousand. So I feel really naive about this. If you're taking a deduction, it doesn't automatically mean you're getting a benefit from that deduction. Correct. So uh, the way in, in the U.S., the way... Um, itemized deductions work, especially when it comes to medical expenses, is there's a threshold you have to meet before you get to deduct them. So it might be 7.5% of your adjusted gross income. So let's just say your adjusted gross is $100,000. That means the first $7,500 of -of out-of-pocket medical costs, assuming you don't have an HSA or anything like that, are not deductible. Got it, got it. Because you have to meet that threshold. So it's kind of like you hear people talk about, you know, long-term care insurance. The government says, yes, you can deduct it, but they only let you deduct a small portion of it. Okay, so there's some incentive for us to be thinking about those chiropractic visits or massages or um, nutrition counseling, talking to our accountants about whether or not that could become part of that and therefore become a benefit. Correct. Okay, I'm thinking I got to go back and have. I think I'm covered, but you know, it's always worth going in and having that conversation. Yes. And it also depends on the type of entity you have that whether you can have a medical expense reimbursement plan. So, um, and that's where planning comes in. Well, yeah, I was going to say all roads, all everything after number one leads back to number one. Yes. Because correct. you, you want to be correct. aware that you can do that and therefore be ready to calculate it or at least um, write it down. Yes. And then, so we'll go on to number nine is missing your car and truck expenses. Uh, you know, are you using your vehicle for business? Are you using, you know, are you keeping track of your miles? There's so many different apps out there to track your miles and, um, you, whether you use the mileage method or the, um, the cost message method, um, you can be, you know, it could be a couple of thousand dollars that you're giving up a year in deductions or tax savings if you're not doing it. I can hear everybody right now saying, oh my God, I can't be bothered to do the mileage every single day in my car, which is which is fairly legitimate. Like I understand that, that that can be kind of onerous, but you're saying you don't have to necessarily do that method. You can do a cost method. Well, you still need to know your percentage and that's why man invented app, apps for your phone. <laughs> and they, they, you know, artificial intelligence can do a lot of things. So if I'm going to do the percentages thing and I just guess, am I going to get myself in trouble at some point? Yeah, well, if somebody comes and wants to see where you got that number from, how did you figure it's, you know, 53%? What kind of backup do you have to determine that you should be writing off 53% of your vehicle costs? Okay, so there's no shortcut. One way or the other, we need to, we need to be paying attention when we're in the car for business. Correct. And use an app and it's, an app is really simple. Artificial intelligence does a lot for you. Pretty soon artificial intelligence is going to try and do your tax return. (laughs) Okay. Is there a particular app that helps us with mileage that's super easy to Um, use? A a common one is a mileage IQ. There's a a bunch of them out there. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to check that one out and see how I do with it. Yeah. 
Because, you know, sometimes it's I'm running to this shop and then back to that shop and then I'm going to meet a friend for lunch. And so, you know, it seems a bit complicated to track all the miles, but... Um, yeah, it, it is. Okay. In, the, in case the IRS is listening, I want you to know I've tracked every single mile. Every single mile. <laughs> Don't come for and me. Documented and, and documented it. And documented it, yes. And had it notarized. Don't come for me. <laughs> Um, okay. Well, that, I, I guess that's a discipline, right? It's like anything else. We're so, we're always talking about, make sure you're logging every single minute you're spending on a client project. So an extension of that is make sure you're logging every single mile that you're using your car for business. Right. And, and just like there are, there are applications that you could use to track your time. I mean, you know, we just started using something called Chromita, um, and it can track what you're doing across, you know, multiple, you know, phone, computer, all sorts of stuff. There's applications out there and every day there's more and more applications. Yeah, there are. Okay. So that's another one I'll check out. Chromita. Okay. Thank you for that. And then, um, I think we're on number 10. That's uh, missing meals and entertainment. The concept that you can deduct the cost of your meals, you know, you, ho- you host, you know, regarding as long as there's like a, a legitimate business purpose. Okay. So I get that. If you're taking a client out for di- dinner, that's pretty straightforward. You're taking a client out for dinner. Of course, the legitimate business pur- purpose is to um, continue the relationship and do more work with that person. Um, or even just Correct. to thank that person. Is that legitimate? To just to say thank you Well, no, so you much. have to be talking. You need not to, it's not a thank you. It's, it's let's talk business. Okay. Okay. You know, what about the idea that you would host an annual party and you would invite past clients for the purpose of showing them the great renovation you did on your own home? Is that a so that would write-off? Be more along, that, would be, that would be more along the lines of marketing. Okay. All right. So maybe it's worthwhile having that conversation with your accountant before you pull the plug on the party or before you pull the trigger on the party. To discuss how and, you want and if to use you're having, it. If you're having that regular communication, you will have that, you will have that conversation. Okay. So then, so this is a, a button that we've hit a few times here, which is have consistent communication with your CPA. Does my CPA want to hear from me really that often? Well, if he's the right CPA, he does. Okay. So what's like, you've got a lot of customers, your, your, your best customers, how often do they stay in touch and, and how do they do that? They just go, Hey Craig, what's new? Or do they have a specific question? How does it work? Well, well, things work differently for different people, but we, we typically, typically schedule a call once a month to go over the P and L and whatever else is going on. Um, but that doesn't mean if you have something that you're thinking about doing, or you're buying a building or you want to do this, that you're not going to call, you're not going to email, you're not going to you know, call my assistant, Adina, Hey, I need half hour of Craig's time. When can we do this? You know, so it doesn't mean you only get to speak to that person, you know, on the fifth of every month. It means when you need to speak with that person, you get to speak with that person. It sounds like we're leaving that expertise kind of uh, on the bench too often. We need to be pulling that expert into conversations we're having about how we run our business. Should I rent an office, for example, rather than, hey, I rented an office. It's a good idea to be proactive about that. Correct. Correct. You know, like I said, too many people are, um, are concerned about what is the expense. And I always say, you know, look at it as an ROI item. You know, what is the return on that investment? You know, if I'm paying this professional to give me this service. 
It's so funny. We have a couple of different financial planners, but every single year when I meet with my accountant face-to-face, it invariably he has the best ideas. He has the best ideas. And so I'm going to take your advice and I'm going to start grooming that relationship a little bit more. Like I'm just always stunned that the best ideas come from him and not from my financial planners. And and I'm not, I'm not going after financial planners by any means, but that's why we are, you know, typically referred to as the trusted professional. I love that. Well, I, I trust you. You sound like an authority and I, you mentioned your very first book you had, which became a bestseller on Amazon. Um, what's the new book? What's the title of the new book? The new book is the 10 most expensive tax mistakes that cost the business owners thousands. And we will give you a link for the show notes, which is basically my website forward slash business of design. And that'll take uh, your listeners to a page where they can opt in and receive a paper copy. Very exciting. And you also are a professional tax coach. Yes, I am. Yes. Tell us what that is and how does that differ from a CPA in terms of a relationship you'd have with a tax coach? So the, the typical CPA is interested in putting the right, right numbers in the right boxes, and it kind of ends there. A tax coach is looking to do proactive planning with you to figure out ways to keep more of what you make. Oh, I love that. And so when people hire you, is it an annual thing that they hire you for an, a one-year uh, contract or retainer, or do you have different packages? How does it work? The way it works with us is um, the first thing we do with the client is we have a conversation. We see what's going on. Um, We would ask them to send uh, copies of prior year tax returns. We would do an analysis to see how much we could actually save them. And is it worthwhile for them and for us um, to move forward? If that's the case, um, we would propose a tax plan, which they pay us a fee for that's 100% refundable. And in about seven and a half years, nobody's asked for their money back. After we do a tax plan, if they would like to work with us going forward, uh, all our clients are on a monthly retainer, and um, we go through our whole process where we talk with them every month. We do their bookkeeping and tax work. I, I keep referring to that small business owner who sometimes falls back on the excuse of, I'm just little old me working, at, you know, have my little design or decorating company. And these kinds of things feel like something you would do if you were a bigger corporation. But in fact, absolutely nobody is stopping you from being the big corporation if that's what you want to be. Correct. You know, we, you know, we're all not, uh, Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, we don't have a team of people that lawyers up on the 34th floor working for us, but we all have the opportunity to keep more of what we make. I can't imagine anybody not really loving that message. So thank you so much for your time. Just, um, you know, obviously I, I like to say the 11th mistake is not having our help, but I don't want to self-promote here. Um, <laughs> check out our book. Um, I, I think you'll find it useful. And uh, if we could be of any help, definitely reach out to us. Okay. All of Craig's information uh, is in the show notes. And Craig, we end every episode with something we call design intervention. And often um, the advice that the professional gives has nothing to do with the topic we just discussed, but it's something you've learned in your experience as a business owner that you think is really important to people listening does anything come to mind? Well, I mean, I, I hate to, it's all about cash flow. How's that? That's something I learned a long time ago. You know, um, you, you need money to pay your bills. And if it all comes in, in December, it's hard to, you know, put food on your plate. 
Um, so um, something I learned a long time ago is it's all about cash flow. We need to have a consistent, you know, flow of money coming in, which means we need a consistent flow of um, clients coming in and a consistent flow of leads generating those clients. And we need to be consistent about collecting the invoices that go out. That's been my experience with design professionals. They invoice, but don't necessarily follow up on when that check is coming. And weeks go by, sometimes months go by, and suddenly you find yourself in a position where you can't pay your bills, which is just not a good thing. So cash flow means a good system for logging the time that you're working on your clients' uh, projects, a good system for billing your clients, and a good system for collecting collecting those invoices. Correct. And and sometimes a good system could be, you know, automatic billing, you know, your, your credit card is going to be charged 15 days after the invoice and stuff like that. Um, but everyone has to do what they're comfortable with. Okay. And, and by the way, a great bookkeeper can certainly handle all of that for you, which is, I think, such a gift. So uh, there's lots of resources out there if you're willing to step forward and take them. And Craig, you've been tremendously generous. Thank you so much. I appreciate that you're giving everybody that book. And uh, what exciting new things do you have coming up that we all need to be uh, looking for? Just, um, it's it's tax planning season starting up the last three months, four months of the year. And um, we're just, you know, really looking forward to saving our clients more money. So, you know, they have more set aside for retirement or doing the things that they want to do. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Well, thank you very much for having me. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community. If you love what we do, please show your support by subscribing to the podcast and rating our efforts. Remember, you can be a part of the podcast by sharing your comments, ideas, and questions via the BOD hotline at 416-780-9187, extension 107, or by sending an MP3 file to info at businessofdesign.com. And when you're ready to transform your business and your life, sign up for a monthly or annual membership. Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.